You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Hello, 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 and do we have a great show for you today, and if you haven't guessed, uh, Burke will be out today. He actually pulled a hammy sitting in his recliner, so he needs a couple weeks. He's day-to-day, and uh, it's not looking good for him, so I will be doing the show today by myself, and we have a good one, so let's get started. Our goats. Let's start at quarterback. We've had some amazing games and uh, playoff picture starting to develop a little bit, especially in the NFC where, man, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Um, there's like four that have 11 wins, and um, it's going to be crazy that there's going to be a wild card with 12 or 13 wins that's going to have to travel to uh, Dallas or Philadelphia for a game. But uh, we'll start off with. Lamar Jackson, he is the MVP this year, hands down. There's no one even close. He played the Jets, which is a marquee matchup for a quarterback, and he didn't disappoint. He was 15 for 23, 212 yards, and five touchdowns. That's five. Five touchdowns on only 15 attempts. That's like one out of every three passes is a touchdown. And... That doesn't even include what he can do with his legs. So he's probably going to be on our goats um, next week as well because he's playing Cleveland. But, uh, man, uh, Lamar Jackson. And and the thing is, is he doesn't even need his receivers. You know, Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin had one catch for five yards, and he scored. They're not really using the receivers much. And... Yeah, he's just an unbelievable talent. Drew Brees, definitely won't need to bring him into the mix. He was 29 for 30. That means he had one incomplete pass the whole game. One incomplete pass. Um, they won 34 to 7 against Indianapolis. And four touchdowns. Four touchdowns is, you know, set the all time record for an NFL quarterback. Uh, in touchdown passes for a career and past Peyton Manning who you know Peyton Manning has a lot of records but you're going to see them go down uh, slowly because of how much passing is in the NFL nowadays and um, it's just uh, Drew Brees is a, is a great quarterback and I always look back to his days in San Diego when he played for the Chargers and I can't believe the Chargers let him go. I know they got Phillip Rivers right after that, but when you already have Drew Brees, do you need to go after Phillip Rivers? And Man, um, he's definitely a Hall of Fame-worthy quarterback, and um, there's not much more to say about him, uh, especially, you know, he's going to be a free agent next year, potentially, if the Saints don't uh, lock him up and, I can't imagine a quarterback like that going on the market because, you know, wherever he goes, he, he still has a couple years left of, of, you know, being this productive. So it'll be interesting to watch. 
uh, Jameis Winston, Tampa Bay at Detroit, and Detroit's horrible uh, just in defense in general. But uh, they won 38-17. to 17. He's 28 for 42, 458 yards. And this is the second consecutive game he's passed for over 400 yards. Had four touchdowns, had the one interception. And what's crazy about the one interception was he got that right at the beginning of the game. This was like the fifth time he's had an interception on the opening drive of a game. And, you know, it, it didn't matter. I mean, 458 yards and four touchdowns later, he's uh, one of the top performers of the week. And if you played Jameis Winston in your fantasy league or in FanDuel, you definitely reap those rewards. And finally, we have uh, Carson Wentz. He was 30 for 43. 266 yards and three touchdowns, and that was against Washington, so it was a great matchup, and there's not really much to say here. You know, you, he had a great matchup. You expected him to play great. He did, and he's a GOAT for the week. So let's move on to the running backs. First running back that we have for our GOAT segment is Miles Sanders against the Washington Redskins, 19 carries for 122 yards, and yeah, he was definitely uh, representing, he, you know, he had the touchdown, and then he had an extra six receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown, so big day for Miles Sanders, and you know, with the, with Jordan Howard being hurt, you knew this, uh, would uh, play nicely matchup-wise for Miles Sanders to have a big game. And he still got to do it, though, and he did. And, you know, receiving and running, I mean, he's the main back there until Jordan Howard gets healthy. You know, you're worried about Boston Scott a little bit, and Boston Scott was involved in the offense, but uh, Miles Sanders is getting almost all the carries you know, still being targeted quite often in the passing game. So uh, Boston Scott was not the threat that uh, some people feared. And uh, that's great news for Miles Sanders' owners. Ezekiel Elliott was our next one. Uh, you know, they won. They destroyed the Rams 44-21. to He had 24 carries, 117 yards, and two touchdowns. And he also had three catches for 43 yards. And Ezekiel Elliott had an Ezekiel Elliott-type day. You know, the, the type of games that you you want from him. And uh, that was a great blueprint for Dallas because, as you'll see in uh, a later segment, uh, Dak Prescott had a decent game passing, but he didn't really <laughs> use his receivers very much. So that really opened it up for Elliott to have a big day rushing. And uh, he came through. And uh, we also have Chris Carson at Carolina. Seattle just, well, they didn't destroy Carolina, but they won 30-24. to And, man, Carolina's just a mess. Seattle's defense played great. And uh, Carson had 133 yards on 24 carries. And he had two touchdowns. So that's, you know, he was the one of the starts of the week. And Carolina's so bad against the uh, running back position. And Chris Carson being the bell cow now that uh, Penny's on IR, 
uh, it's Carson's backfield, and he's taking advantage of it. And Chris Carson owners couldn't be happier, especially with it being the playoffs. I mean, he really came through when you needed him. And that's the great thing about a lot of these GOATs right now is these are guys that were drafted to be big producers for their teams, and they came through uh, when it counted. And that's important, you know. You know, there's guys that uh, have huge seasons, and then it's time for the playoffs, and they lay an egg. And you kind of remember that. So um, this actually is a great segue into the next person, Saquon Barkley. Some people drafted him first overall, and he didn't quite have the year that you expected. But, you know, he's playing Miami, which is a stellar matchup, and he had 24 carries for 112 yards and two touchdowns. And he also had four catches for 31 yards. So definitely a performance that proves why you drafted him. And, and if you were in the playoffs, uh, you, especially if you're in the semifinals, Saquon Barkley you know, had a performance that would get you to the championship. So hopefully uh, you made it that far and uh, you were able to... Uh, have Saquon uh, produce for you for it. And then the the biggest one, the biggest goat of the week at running back, Kenyon Drake. I mean, he was out of his mind how crazy he he did. I mean, his performance against Cleveland was just insane. Um, 22 carries, 137 yards, you know, the top rusher of the week. But he had four touchdowns. Four touchdowns is just insane. And it just came out of nowhere because, you know, you knew Kenyon Drake had a great matchup, but you only had one uh, one other big game that you would even uh, hang your hat on. So he's not a guy that you would sit there and, you know, throw into your lineup or uh, be really confident in. And if you played him, you are really patting yourself on the back because, uh, you know, getting the most yards, most touchdowns, there just wasn't a performance that matched that. And uh, it, I really enjoyed it because I was playing against Kyler Murray and all those touchdowns went to Kenyon Drake. So uh, those touchdowns to Kenyon Drake meant that Kyler Murray were, was not scoring those touchdowns. So uh, I will take that any day of the week. And uh, really a, a big Kenyon Drake fan uh, this week for sure. On to wide receivers. We've had uh, some tragic occurrences happen with Godwin getting hurt, but it really opened the door for Brashard Perriman. And, I mean, he was performing even when Chris Godwin was not hurt, but, I mean, losing Mike Evans and then, you know, going in, into the game, you really had to like Chris Godwin. And uh, Brashard Perriman is the one that... Uh, had the day, you know, he only had five catches, but he had 113 yards and three touchdowns, so um, it's really going to open the door, I think, in the future, because, you you know, you lose Mike Evans, you lose Chris Godwin for the rest of the year, um, Barryman's got to step up, and, and he did definitely against Detroit, and uh, yeah, it doesn't look any better than that. When you can get three touchdowns from a guy, especially someone like Perriman, where, you know, you're you're expecting that production from Godwin, and, uh, you know, you, you'll you'll take it. And uh, Perriman wasn't even owned in a lot of leagues, it, and actually, 
none of the other Buccaneers receivers are. So there's going to be a lot of no-name Bucks receivers that are going to be uh, definitely waiver wire pickups that you're going to need to make that we'll talk about. But big day from Brashard Perriman. Chris Conley is another one. He didn't really get a lot of yards, but he had two touchdowns. And that's a big day in my book if you're able to score two touchdowns. Um, four for 49 and the two uh, against Oakland. You know, Jacksonville won 20 to 16, which was going on with Oakland that uh, Jacksonville beat you when for two weeks in a row, Jacksonville was just, you know, laying eggs all over the place and, and getting demolished by, you know, like the Jets and uh, Kansas City. And uh, now they lost to Jacksonville, so that that's tough. Jamison Crowder is our next one. New York Jets against Baltimore in the losing effort. And I'll be honest, Jamison Crowder was the only bright spot on the Jets' offense or even on the Jets' team. He was uh, 6 for 90, got 90 yards on six receptions, two touchdowns. And that kind of came out of nowhere as well because Crowder had some good matchups from the slot didn't really do much, and so you probably weren't expecting much from Baltimore, and then he goes and lights it up, and especially it being a playoff matchup, a lot of people probably stayed away from Crowder because of those inconsistencies, but he came through, and good for him. Tyreek Hill is on here. He had two touchdowns on five catches for 67 yards. This was against Denver, and it was in the snow, so you know, it was awesome he got two touchdowns, but he probably, if it was better uh, weather conditions and it wasn't a, a blizzard, I, I'm sure he would have gotten uh, a lot more yards than what he did in targets as well. But, you know, the snow's going to limit you. And, you know, I think you would have pivoted away from a lot of the Denver Broncos players in this matchup with the blizzard. But you can't do that for the Chiefs. Their offense is just too high-powered. And, um, you know, Tyreek Hill got two touchdowns. And uh, Julio Jones is another one that had two touchdowns, and he had a monster game. So it wasn't just, oh, huh, you know, ho-hum, I got two touchdowns. He had 134 yards, 13 catches, and this was against San Francisco. So Julio Jones baffles me a little bit because he'll have great matchups, and, you know, he get like 60, 70 yards, no touchdowns. And then he has a matchup against one of the best pass defenses, and you don't think he's going to do much. And he lights it up for 134 yards it's uh two and two touchdowns it's again one of them was at the very end of the game to win the game um you know it went to austin hooper they challenged it ruled incomplete very next play uh julio jones catches it and kind of gets hit and jolts his uh, back and it causes the ball to go over the goal line and uh that was how the game ended with the uh that touchdown call so uh, really good for the Falcons and a great victory for them, but kind of a bad loss for the 49ers, and it drops them to the wild card. And after they had the, uh, you know, the NFC West lead, and so you're wondering how that's going to shake out because they do have another game with Seattle, so that will be a good one to to keep uh, keep track of. Devontae Parker, Miami at the New York Giants. Four catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. And this was kind of an odd one, too, because Parker was just coming off that concussion. You weren't sure he was going to play. 
he ended up playing, and you know it was a losing effort, but uh, Parker had a great game, and he's consistent, and he's one of those guys that you want to have on your team for the playoff run because his matchups are just spectacular, and he's really their only weapon through the air that uh, is consistent, and you know he just signed that contract, that multi-year contract, which he deserved, and really is going to be the staple of their offense for years to come. But uh, Devontae Parker, it's kind of odd, too, because, you know, he was drafted, what, three, four years ago, and uh, you're expecting this breakout to happen sooner. But, uh, you know, you'll take it when you can, and you'll definitely take it now because he, you might be riding him to a, a championship. Let's move it along to our tight end, go to the week. The first one is, and I had to bring this one up because it's against Arizona, and Arizona is just, man, they're just so bad against the tight end. Ricky Seals-Jones, and this was kind of like a revenge game for him because he used to play for Arizona. Um, but for the Browns, three catches, 29 yards, two touchdowns. So on his three catches, he had two touchdowns. And the other one, he fumbled. So <laughs> um, I would have used him a little bit more with uh, that ratio, but... Anyways, uh, Cleveland lost this game, uh, unfortunately, but uh, Ricky Seals-Jones had himself a day, and uh, maybe they should have kept going to him. Travis Kelsey against Denver in the snow, which was pretty impressive. 11 catches, 142 yards. Just uh, pretty much dominated. He did everything but score touchdowns. And, you know, even though he didn't score a touchdown, you had to be happy with his production and how many points he got you. Uh for a semifinal game. And uh, George Kittle, he did pretty much the same thing against Atlanta. 13 catches, 134 yards. And, you know, San uh, Sanders and Samuel both had subpar games. And uh, it's because they all the passes went to Kittle. He was just a monster, and it couldn't have came at a better time for fantasy owners. Uh, like I said, playoff time and uh George Kittle didn't disappoint you uh Darren Waller for Oakland eight catches 123 yards against the Jaguars and Waller's just uh been pretty consistent lately this is his second great week uh three he actually had three great weeks in a row but two really uh pretty outstanding production weeks and you know, Moreau, uh, Foster Moreau went on the IR, so it's really, uh, you know, he's taken away some of the targets and touchdowns, and that's not the case anymore. So Darren Waller's getting all of them. Raiders' offense isn't that good right now, and they don't have a lot of options. Jacobs is hurt, so he's not doing what he normally does, and so that really opens the door for Waller to uh, keep having big games. I'm worried, obviously, this week against the Chargers a little bit, but uh, I, I, you still got to roll with him, him being one of the top tight ends. And then Tyler Higby for the Rams against the Cowboys. He had 12 catches for 111 yards. Tyler Higby has just been a machine these last three weeks. He, uh, he didn't score you know, against Dallas, but 111 yards, and if you're in a PPR, getting 12 catches is pretty significant. And 
he just continues to be part of the offense, which is crazy because, you know, he was a backup to Everett and Everett got hurt and now Higby's on the scene and just uh, causing a lot of damage at that tight end position, which is, again, great timing if you're able to pick him up. Uh, if not, if he's still on waivers, you need to pick him up because uh, he's going to keep on doing th- these type of things until Everett comes back. Let's move along now to our ghosts of the week. These are the players who underperformed, and with it being the playoffs, probably cost you a win this week. So you're either now in the loser's bracket or your season is done. And it's going to be thanks to these guys. And we'll start off with the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. 18 for 34, 165 yards against the Saints. Saints were just dominated from front to uh, finish. Jacoby Brissett just looked horrible. He wasn't hitting anyone. Even when they were open, he wasn't hitting them. And not the day you'd like to see. But if Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback you were playing against, you know, the Saints, then uh, you probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs with that type of decision. Jimmy Garoppolo, he actually had some play as being a pretty good uh, option for this week. He was 22 for 34 for 200 yards and only had one touchdown against the Falcons. And then if you've been paying attention to the Falcons' defense, they've been kind of having a rebirth where these last five weeks they've really performed well. So it's not surprising Jimmy Garoppolo had a rough week. It's just if you were following the stats all year, it showed that he had a great matchup against Atlanta, and it he didn't play like it. And Atlanta's holding true to, you know, their their improved defensive play, and and they're looking impressive. Uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears uh, at home. I I think it was not that surprising because we've talked about Aaron Rodgers and what he is at this point. But sixteen for thirty three, two hundred and three yards, one touchdown. It's not getting it done. And he did play, obviously, a great defense in the Bears. But, uh, yeah, you just wanted more from Aaron Rodgers. And especially if you're in the playoffs, you know, you might have stuck with Aaron Rodgers because he was a high draft pick, and he he really let you down. Uh, the next one moving along to Kirk Cousins, 19 for 25 for 207 yards. One touchdown, had the one interception, and, you know, Thielen, Rudolph, really didn't do much. Really, no one really did anything, and that really hurt Kirk Cousins. And, you know, Chargers have a great pass defense, so you probably wanted to stay away from Kirk Cousins in this matchup. If you didn't, then, I mean, yeah, you're you're really suffering for it. And I'm actually going on the flip side for the other ghost of the week in Phillip Rivers because... He was 28 for 39 for 307 yards, which that part doesn't sound so bad. But then you throw in he had the one touchdown and he had three interceptions, and that pretty much negates his touchdown. And so you're really looking at, like, you know, 300 yards. And the points on 300 yards, especially with all the great quarterback performances, really didn't help you out much and probably didn't help you win your playoff games this week. Really tough week for these quarterbacks. Going 
onto the running backs. There was a lot we could have chose from, but uh, here's the ones that uh, kind of stood out for me. Marlon Mack had 11 carries for 19 yards against the Saints, and that was it. And that was really just a synopsis of the whole Colts offense against the Saints. No one was able to do anything, and the Saints pretty much dominated from front to finish, especially on that big night uh, you know, for Drew, Drew Brees setting the record. Ronald Jones, I put him on there not because it's Ronald Jones and you, you know, that you expected something from him, but you kind of did because he's playing Detroit. And so you wanted a better production, and it didn't even go to Peyton Barber. You know, it's kind of that situation where, well, one or the other is going to do something. Well, neither of them really did much, and, and Ronald Jones only had, you know, 11 carries for 23 yards. And then he had one catch for 26 yards, and that one catch was better than his 11 carries. And this was against, you know, again, Detroit. So you expected a little bit more, and uh, obviously it all went to Jameis Winston and his touchdown passes, but uh, pretty disappointing for Ronald Jones. And uh, we also have Melvin Gordon in that same game uh, for the Chargers against the Vikings that uh, Phil Rivers was in. Seven carries, 28 yards, had five receptions for 36 yards. And Vikings have a pretty good defense, but if Marv, if you're... If you were depending on Melvin Gordon this week, he didn't come through. And good matchup or not, you really want your stud running backs to, to do something. And Melvin Gordon really hasn't been much of a stud all year. And then you compound it with the holdout. I don't think he'll be back with the Chargers. And that's why I want to bring this up more than anything is this is a disappointing performance. And uh, you're, you're thinking that the Chargers are probably going to move on from probably Philip Rivers and definitely uh, Melvin Gordon. Leonard Fournette is on here. He had 15 carries for 42 yards. And this was against the Raiders, and he definitely needs to be on here. He's been disappointing for multiple weeks now, and this is even with having some decent matchups. So I don't know what happened to Leonard Fournette, but he's not the same guy at all. And it's actually pretty... Uh, pretty disheartening that uh you know you have Leonard Fournette all year he's pretty decent and then towards the end of the year he just kind of flames out and this is when you really need him so he's on here and I definitely wanted to put David Montgomery on here because he had a great matchup against Green Bay and we talked about it last week like you know he has a great matchup you really want to play him but you don't because it's David Montgomery and you don't know what you have and sure enough, he carried the ball 14 times, only got 39 yards. And, yeah, he was he was a big disappointment. And I actually have him on my fantasy team, and I stayed away from him this week just because I thought I had better options, which, you know, I did. I played Sanders, which, thank God I played Sanders. Um, if I didn't, I would have been dreading the fact that uh, Sanders is on my bench and, and, and Gordon is sitting there with the, the four points he, he accumulated. In the uh, receivers, ghosts of the week, it's interesting. I actually have three Dallas Cowboys on here, and I did that on purpose because I, I just wanted to show you that, you know, the Cowboys had a dominant game. They, they destroyed the Rams, but Michael Gallup had one catch for six yards. Uh, Amari Cooper had one catch for 19 yards, and Randall Cobb had one catch for negative three yards. So, I mean, 
you add that all together and it's 22 yards with three receivers just they didn't get it done at all and the Rams defense is middle of the road you know they have some great players on it but overall as a unit they're middle of the road and Amari Cooper they were at home so expected big things from him and yeah they just None of them produced, and you had to be disappointed because you were even picking up Randall Cobb to play him this week. And to get you negative three, you know, the timing of that's just horrible. And you're definitely out of the playoffs if you try to play any of these players at the wide receiver position. Uh, Amari Cooper. Um, sorry. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, want to put him on there. Five for 23 against Arizona. Arizona's horrible against defending the pass. Jarvis Landry gets the bulk of the targets from Baker Mayfield. And, you know, getting five catches is, is, is fine, but you expected more. But only getting 23 yards out of that, just an all-around bad performance by the Browns and, and definitely Jarvis Landry. Um, he was actually one of my fan duel plays and uh, really disappointed in that. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, two for nine against Atlanta for the 49ers. Again, all the passes went to George Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders suffered for that, wasn't really productive. And Atlanta's pass defense, especially against receivers, has improved so much that uh, we shouldn't be surprised, but we kind of are surprised because you kind of think it's a mirage that it's not going to last forever. And it is. Uh, Atlanta's really able to uh, to kind of shut down these offenses, and they've been impressive. And then uh, last but not least, I have Julian Edelman against the Bengals. He had two catches for nine yards, and I get that he's hurt, and he's not practicing, and then he's going out trying to play. But the Bengals are one of the worst teams in the NFL, especially on defense, and you get two catches for nine yards. It's not getting it done and helping your cause, and... Everyone I know in the playoffs that had Edelman lost. And i not saying it's a correlation, but it's a big correlation. Uh, so let's move on to our tight end ghosts of the week. First one is Jimmy Graham. He was playing the Bears, and the Bears aren't great at defending the tight end position. But he only had one catch. And to top that off, he had zero yards. So one catch and zero yards against the Bears, Steve. Jimmy Graham's touchdown dependent, but, you know, in this matchup, you expected maybe there'd be an inkling of hope. Uh, if you're desperate at tight end, you might have played him, and he didn't do anything. Uh, moving along to Jack Doyle, it's more of the Colts were horrible, the Saints were not, and he had two catches for 21 yards. Didn't get it done, didn't really do anything, and... You know, if you're a Jack Doyle owner, you're not happy. Jacob Hollister's on here against the Panthers. Three catches for 23 yards. Panthers aren't bad against the tight end. But you wanted, you know, Jacob Hollister's been a solid play. And you wanted some production from that position. And he just didn't. He didn't produce the way he wanted him to. He has an amazing matchup coming up this week, so that's something to watch out for. But it's getting to the point where Hollister's having enough up-and-down performances that 
it might be a scary play, especially it being, you know, championship week for you if you made it this far. So it's something you definitely need to monitor, and uh, it's something we'll talk about when it becomes closer to game time. I have Hunter Henry on here. He had two catches for 29 yards. Chargers, again, against Minnesota. That Vikings defense is pretty vicious. Hunter Henry has a great matchup. Actually, amazing matchup this week, but last week was not his week. And uh, you just hope that you survived to be able to play him again this week for the championship. And then we have Austin Hooper. He had three catches for 20 yards. And it was even worse than that because he had a touchdown at the very end of the game that they reviewed and determined that it hit the ground. Now, it was a correct call. It did hit the ground, and Hooper did not catch it. But initially, you had to be really excited for the fact that he got that touchdown. And then it was torn away and then went right to Julio Jones the very next play. So Austin Hooper owners, pretty sad right now with uh, you know that, uh, that game ending which uh, that's the first thing I was thinking of when that happened. I'm like, man, those fantasy owners on that right now must be just furious because of his day. And he finally was going to save it, and to no avail. Yay! Now it's time for the best part of the show. This is the part of the show that wins you championships. So this is the bread and butter of what you all came for. And so I'm here to... uh, tell you who to pick up this week to win your championship and we'll start off with quarterbacks and the quarterback list is very short and it's very short because there's nobody on it we've talked about all the quarterbacks to pick up to get you to the championship now that you're here uh, there's really not any options that are viable in regards to the uh, who's available to pick up I mean if Ryan Fitzpatrick's available somewhere you might want to stream him but uh get him on waivers but really there's not anyone that I would recommend to you right now you need to go with the horses that got you to the championship whether that's Mahomes whether that's you know obviously Lamar Jackson you're not going to play anyone else Drew Brees you're not going to play anyone else so it's uh go with what got you here at this point at QB running back my number one pickup is Mike Boone um, and my number two is Alexander Madison. I, those are the two guys you need to get. If you have Dalvin Cook, you especially need to get them. The issue is it's a Monday night game. That makes it kind of scary because who are you going to play on Monday night? And if you have all three, you can kind of hold off and see which one gets the, the start. But if you have Dalvin Cook and you pick up Boone and then Madison plays, you're in a bind. Or if you have Madison and Boone plays, then you're in a bind. So unless you have all three, I really think you can't, you kind of have to stay away from all three of them because you're going to need to make a decision before Monday night unless you have one of the Packer running backs that you can uh, shift over. But, you know, you're not, uh, probably not going to bench Aaron Jones for one of those guys. And, uh, I mean, Jamal Williams, if he's available, so those are why Mike Boone and Alexander Madison are, are the best to get on the uh, on the waiver wire this week, especially if you have Dalvin Cook. Because then that way you kind of solidified the Minnesota running back position and you can wait on it. If not, man, that's you're kind of 
throwing away a good start by a Vikings running back. Kerryon Johnson is coming off of IR. He's practicing, doing well. He might play against Denver this week. And if you're in a season that goes to 17 weeks, Kerryon uh, Johnson, uh, he's the most productive Lions running back. He's not consistent by any means. He has a really bad matchup against the Broncos, but he's a pickup you need to make at running back. And I actually would probably play him against Denver if he's going to play. I consider him a top 25 running back this week. And it's something to monitor. But if you can get him on waivers or stream him and you have him on your roster, uh, I think it's a good move and you'll be ready to play him if indeed he, he is activated for the Denver game. And that's really it at running back this week. There's there's not a lot of movement at running back. And I, I think that's, you know, this time of year anyways, you're in the championship. You're, you're really not doing a lot of changes to your roster. You might be dropping some of your uh, your uh, handcuffs that you, you have on your roster or you uh, picked up because, you know, now that it's the championship game, you don't need those handcuffs anymore. So, uh, you know, in in that instance, those are that's who you'd probably pick up, Carryon Johnson or, or Mike Boone or uh, Madison with those. But if you do have a handcuff, you probably have Madison as one of those handcuffs. So uh, it's, uh, again, now's the time in your championship game to drop all your dead weight on your roster and pick up things that are going to help you win the championship. So that's my my advice to you and, and my play here. Uh, at wide receiver, we have Brashad Perryman for the Buccaneers. Number one pickup. You need to pick him up. He's a, he's a good play. And uh, especially with Godwin being out, Jameis Winston, it, it's against Houston. You already know that uh, they have a rapport that Jameis Winston will throw to Perriman, and he's on a he's available in a lot of leagues, and that's all they have. And it actually, my other pickup at receivers, Justin Watson, too, for the Buccaneers because Scotty Miller's hurt, Godwin's hurt. That's all they have is Perriman and Watson. Um, you, you might, um, you know, Ishmael Hyman is an option, but you don't even know what he can bring you. If and you're not going to play him even if you do get him. Perryman and Watson, you actually, they're playable receivers that you can get that can uh, add to your uh, championship uh, matchup this week that can produce and get you points. So those are my number one and two pickups for the receiver position this week. I have Danny Amendola for the Lions. It's against Denver, so I don't like it. But with all the injuries in, at Detroit, you need to pick Danny Amendola. And I mentioned him last week, but I, I'm bringing some of these guys up again because this is the final week of the season for fantasy football. And these are the, the guys that uh, that can actually help you win your, your championship game. So we need to bring them up again. Uh, Greg Ward, Jr. for the Eagles. They're playing the Cowboys. And the Cowboys actually haven't been very good against the slot receiver, and that's where Greg Ward, uh, Ward has been playing. And he is an attractive play this week. So if you're in a flex or, or receiver position that you need filled, 
you could do worse than Greg Lo uh Greg Lloyd, <laughs> Greg Ward. So I think he's worth a pickup in that regard. And to be honest, uh, I have Anthony Miller on here as well for the Bears. I think if you can't get Perryman, Miller's the next best receiver to pick up. And he, you know, he's playing the Chiefs on Sunday night, and the Chiefs have been better against the receiver position. But Miller's getting like fourteen, fifteen targets uh, the last three weeks, just on average. So get Anthony Miller, get him in your lineup. Him and Allen Robinson are, are going to get the looks and. Especially against the Chiefs, it looks like it, you know, the game flow might be a high-scoring game. So, Anthony Miller definitely is the the guy that I'd be targeting uh, out be behind Bashard Perryman for all the uh, waiver wire receivers. Moving on to tight end, we we've mentioned these guys before too, but I want to emphasize it. Tyler Higby for the Rams, he's on a tear. He's doing things that are on pace with Kelsey and Kittle. I mean, he's, he has 340 yards in three games. He has touchdowns. He didn't score last week, but, uh, you know, they're playing San Francisco, which is kind of a tough matchup. But I like that volume, and if you're getting that volume, you need to, you need to play Tyler Higby against anybody at this point. O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, I have both of them as well. It's against Houston. Houston's not really a good defense this year. It's unfortunate. They've had injuries. Uh, so, you you know, you like Winston, you like Perryman, but that's another thing, too. They have Watson and Perryman. They don't have much else, and I think that's going to increase the workload for the tight end position and running back position. So I, I, I think O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray could be good plays, and you need to pick them up and put them in your lineup if you uh, are hurting at tight end. They they could definitely have some uh could could have a monster game against Houston. Uh, based off the fact that there's there's not a lot of weapons for Winston, they're they're dwindling down. So that's it for the pickups of the uh, the week, and we'll uh, get right into the uh, the starts and sits for the Saturday games. get right in to our starts and sits for our Saturday games. Wanted to get the Saturday games out to you since sometimes the podcast doesn't come out till Saturday morning and wanted you to be ahead of the game for these Saturday games because they're important. There's three of them and they're, they're big games. So the first one is the Houston Texans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Houston Texans are favored by two and I am inclined to take Houston. They just won in Nashville. They need a they need a, a win to uh stay atop the AFC South. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers are out of it. They have a lot of injuries. I'm taking Houston with the the you know and and giving up the two points. Having said that, on the Houston Texans side of the ball, I am not starting Carlos Hyde. I'm not starting Duke Johnson. Uh, Buccaneers are really good at defending the run, and they haven't stopped not being good at defending the run. So you need to sit all running backs that you have that play for the Texans. 
I do like Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to be kind of a, a high-scoring game. So uh, give me Deshaun Watson. Give me DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you're, you're playing both of those guys regardless because they're the kind of the studs that got you to the game. Uh, so, you know, if you're in the championship, you're not going to bench them now. Will Fuller, I'm kind of out on Will Fuller just because, you know, since he's got back from being injured, he hasn't been the same. He's kind of inconsistent, and he scares me. And Kenny Stills was kind of the same way. Like, he got two touchdowns last week, so, you know, you might want to jump on that bandwagon and play him. But I don't think you can expect similar things with Kenny Stills. He's another inconsistent player. So... I mean, even then, with the two touchdowns, he didn't get a whole lot of yards. If you're desperate and you need, like, a third receiver or even a fourth receiver for whatever weird rosters you might have, I might consider Kenny Stills. But overall, I'm all on DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm on the uh, tight end position. I think if Darren Fells is playing, you're he's a good option. Tampa Bay's really bad at defending the tight end. And... Yeah, you need to you need to play him and uh expect good results from him even though uh he's been uh, his production has really dipped lately as well, you know, cuz they're using Akins and um whoever else they can use outside of Fells, but uh Fells is a good option still, so put him in there. Uh, Tampa Bay side of the ball, you know, you're starting Jameis Winston, you know, we kind of went over this for the pickups, but Rashad Perriman, Justin Watson, play them with confidence. They're the only two receivers they have that's left. So if if you have them on your roster, just play them and don't think twice about it. You will probably win the championship with them on in your roster, especially with how much the Buccaneers like to pass. With, with the amount of injuries, I don't see that changing. I still expect Bruce Arians to pass because that's what he likes to do. And... Uh, you know, Jameis Winston's going to get an, a, a lot of yards again. I mean, it's probably not the 450 to 500 yards that he has been getting, but uh, it'll be still uh, still up there. And, and uh, yeah, you, you won't, we won't get the points for that. Uh, I'd also would start Cameron Bright, O.J. Howard. We talked about that too. I think they're great plays, and those targets are going to go to those tight ends since uh, there won't be as many going to receivers with the injuries. And then uh, I, I think you can start Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones um, if you want to die on that sword. And, and, you know, it's a good matchup for either one of them. So if you have them on your roster, why not take the shot at them, especially if it's a flex? You know, it's, it's a good matchup. And I think they're at least a top 30 well, I, I think Ronald Jones is a top 30 running back, and Peyton Barber isn't that far behind, so it's definitely worth taking a chance on. The next game we're previewing is the Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by six. I think the Patriots win just because they're at home, and their defense is really good, and... Their offense is a little bit better than Buffalo's offense. So I am taking the Bills 
with the points, however, I don't think New England wins by more than six points. So give me the Bills and the points, but ultimately New England wins. And I'm kind of staying away from this game. They're both really good defenses. I don't like Singletary. They're going to take John Brown out of the game and expect someone else to step up. You know, who's that going to be? Uh, Dawson Knox. You keep thinking he's going to be a factor, and he, he isn't ever. Um, definitely not consistent enough for you to rely on him. And Cole Beasley, uh, you know, in the slot, I, I guess he would be the one I'd play over uh, everyone else. But I, I kind of said the same thing last week against the Steelers, and he had one catch for like eight yards. So uh, I'm kind of out on all Buffalo Bills players. Frank Gore, Josh Allen, like everybody. I wouldn't feel confident starting them. And in and, and a championship game, I don't, I don't want to risk that. So New England Patriots with Julian Edelman's injury, I actually would bench Julian Edelman at this point. I don't think you should take the chance on him and play him. Uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, Jacoby Meyer, um, Dorsett, that everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm not really big on anyone in against this Bills defense. So, I, I would be out. Tom Brady, I, I don't think he has an amazing game. I, if you have another option outside of Tom Brady, I think you take it at this point. You're in the championship game, you need to win, and I don't think Tom Brady gets you that win this week. I do like James White still, although he didn't have. You know, he scored last week, which kind of saved his week, but uh, definitely was disappointing. And I think he rebounds this week against Buffalo, and that's it. I don't like uh, I don't like the human PlayStation, Sony Michelle, and I don't like Bolden. I don't like Burkhead. I think he can pretty much stay away from everyone but White. So this game was really easy, you know. But stay away from everybody. Take a chance on White if. You know, he's like a flex, and uh, move on. Uh, the last game, Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be a good game. I, I really believe that, even though the Rams laid an, uh, an egg and just was horrible against the Cowboys last week. This is a division game. 49ers are favored by 6.5. That's almost a touchdown. In a division game, I don't like that. I'm taking the Rams. Give me the points with the Rams. Uh, I do think the 49ers win. Kind of like the same situation with the New England Patriots. And, uh, But I am starting a lot more people. You know, I would start Jared Goff. You know, I said to start Matt Ryan last week against the 49ers, and that paid off. And I'm doubling down with Jared Goff. He's, he's not a great road quarterback. 49ers have a great defense. But they've been slipping these last three weeks. And I like Jared Goff. I like Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods has a huge week and will be productive. I, I'm not big on Cooper Cup this week. I think Cooper Cup, you know, last time he played 49ers had like 15 yards total. And I don't see that changing. I think that's kind of the blueprint that they, they're going to take Cooper Cup out of the game. And I don't like Todd Gurley in this either. Um, 49ers are decent against the running back position and I think Todd Gurley gets a lot of volume so is he a top 30 running back 
yeah, I'd say he's a top 30, but if you're expecting a big game from him or he's your workhorse, uh, it's going to be a, a long week for you. And, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, you're not playing. So he hasn't been the same this year at all. And, and then with the concussions and his return from there. So um, Tyler Higby, you're playing him and you're playing him with confidence. He's just been automatic and a stud, so you uh, definitely need to be playing Tyler Higby at all costs. So, you know, between Jared Goff, Tyler Higby, and Robert Woods, those would be my three plays. On the 49er side of the ball, George Kittle, of course. Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not playing. He's just going to be on Jalen Ramsey, and that makes me nervous this week. I do like Debo Samuel, so I'm playing Kittle and Samuel, and I'm playing Mostert. Uh, I like Raheem Mostert this game, and I don't like Brita or Coleman at all. You can actually drop them. This is a championship game. That's kind of the extra baggage that you don't need on your roster anymore. And, uh, yeah, roll with Raheem Mostert. I think he'll have a, a decent game, and he's a receiving threat, and he can run the ball, so... Uh, some intriguing matchups, but uh, fantasy football-wise, I think outside of the Texans and Buccaneers, it's uh, it's tough sledding at, at that point. Let's talk about the breaking news, and you know, there, there's really not a lot of of news that I want to go over. You, you know, the Pro Bowl teams were announced. I don't really like talking about it much because most of the players voted in don't end up playing, and then half the people you think were snubbed end up making the Pro Bowl anyway. So I'm not really a big guy on talking about the Pro Bowl, although it is cool that uh, you know some really great players made it. Um, Tom Brady didn't make it for the first time in like 10 years. That's surprising, but um, I think the big news fantasy football-wise is Stafford went to IR. So that means it's going to be David Blow or Blau uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, Duck Hodges was named the starter for Week 16 against the Jets. That's big because there was a lot of talk of Mason Rudolph maybe taking back over. That won't be the case. And I like that decision. I think, you know, Hodges goes in, uh, should be on a short leash. If he can't move the team, go with uh, with Rudolph, excuse me. But uh, definitely... Uh, keep going with Hodges since he, he's the one that kind of got you to this point. Uh, Will Greer's named the starter in Carolina, and I think that was really surprising. Um, they basically seen what they wanted to see in Kyle Allen and determined that he's a great backup, and they need to know what they're doing with Cam Newton, and they need to know what they have in Will Greer since they're going to have a pretty decent draft pick, so... Um, we will be seeing Will Greer for the next two weeks, and we'll uh, you know, see how he performs in these two games. It should be interesting. And, uh, you know, I like Will Greer. He's a decent quarterback, and uh, you know, but we haven't seen him since college, really. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's kind of late in the year for Carolina to see what they have. You know, two games... At the end of the year, isn't really going to tell you much, but uh, I agree with them 
doing it because um, you do need to real you know know how good Will Greer could potentially be and um, so yeah Carolina's working towards next year already. Godwin out for the season. We kind of talked about that. He hasn't been placed on IR, um, but it doesn't look like he's coming back. That's unfortunate for the Buccaneers. Unfortunate for uh, fantasy football owners that had him and won't have him for the championship. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to pivot to uh, Perryman or, or Watson, like we talked about. Davin Cook, doubtful for this game, which means he might be doubtful for the rest of the regular season. That's tough. You know, if I'm the Vikings, I probably would kind of save him for the playoffs. He's just too big a part of the offense. And, you know, there's talk he might play on Monday night. And if you're an owner of Dalvin Cook, kind of like Chris Godwin, you need him for this week. It's a championship, and you're probably not going to have him. So you... uh you need to move towards uh, Boone and Madison for the Vikings, if, if that's the case. Matt Patricia's coming back to the Lions. There's talk that he might be fired. I agree with that move, too. You kind of need to see what you have. And for whatever reason, the Lions look like they could be a decent team at the beginning of the year and then just fade in dramatic fashion. And I, I think making a change just resets that clock. So, you know, you're, you're trying to build something in, in Detroit, you, you need to stay with the, the people that you, you know, you hired to do that. Olsen's practicing, so, you know, good job on Olsen practicing, but Greg Olsen, uh, I don't think he plays, and if he does play, I, he's not going to be someone that you'd want to play, um, and that's just because, you know, concussions are tricky things, and uh yeah it's uh you want something more uh, concrete for for your championship game but it's good to see him practicing and he's getting over the effects of a concussion so for him personally and his health it's something you like to see and i don't really have much outside of that guys so that that's really the the points i wanted to talk about and we'll uh you know i i think it being this early in the week, there'll be more news uh, coming out of, you know, out of the different teams uh, later on, uh, later on in the week. That will do it for the show today. This is Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I appreciate you listening. And I want to wish you luck on your championship week. Hopefully you're bringing home the trophy at the end of week 16. And if you're going into week 17, God bless you. I don't know why you do that to yourself. But uh, you can reach me on Twitter at MsTheWizMontalban or email at MsMontalban at gmail.com. That's M-O-N-T-A-L. B-A-N, and we'll get right back to you on Friday or Saturday to give you our starts and sits for the Sunday games. So, see you then.